welcome to Code Whack, a podcast on America's whack healthcare system, how it hurts us, and what we can do about it. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. So what can be done at the community level to reduce violence and trauma? What role can healthcare play in stemming violence and building resilience? We recently spoke to Dr. Howard Pinderhughes, a sociology professor at the University of California, San Francisco, and vice chair of the Prevention Institute's Board of Directors about his groundbreaking work on violence prevention and trauma. Welcome to Code WAC, Dr. Pinderhughes. Thank you very much. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing at the community level to successfully reduce violence and trauma? What I've seen through a lot of the work with the Prevention Institute is we've done work with communities around the country developing different types of programs and projects that are based on this framework. And so part of what we're trying to do is develop mental health processes and programs that incorporate some of the uh, intergenerational nature of healing that is necessary at a community level. Because one of the things that certainly has been undermined or destroyed has been intergenerational relationships that need to be restored and become some of the basis for the resiliency that young people as well as adults can have as they move through. So we've worked with healing circles through, I've worked with uh, the Healing Generations Institute, which is with the National Compadres Network and the Brotherhood of Elders Network here in Oakland to do uh, healing circles that are culturally based that help to provide spaces both for individual healing, but also people to come together and have community healing around an incident that may have occurred. Restorative justice is another example of uh, projects that we've worked on as a way to kind of move past the blame and punishment that we, we generally utilize as a way to try to deal with either transgressions or conflict, to try to get people to engage in resolution of issues and problems in ways that will provide more of a sustained relationship and healing and and move things to a a second level. So there's a a number of different programs around the country, but here in Oakland, our joy is is one of them that's really doing phenomenal work on restorative justice. There's uh, a lot of work uh, that's going on in the prisons and jails around trying to work with with folks uh, on some of the issues of, of trauma. Wow. What kind of work is being done in the jails? My wife actually has uh, developed something called Roots of Success, which works in prisons, uh, training prisoners, prisoners who uh, are there for long or life sentences as master trainers to teach other folks who want to get out in environmental literacy, in environmental training, and then train them for 150 different green jobs in the green sector. So these are all different things that are happening. I could go on and on about the programs that we've worked with through the Prevention Institute, both here in the urban setting, but also on reservation in native uh, lands in Indian country in different parts of the, of, of the country. Got it. What role does the community play in creating such projects? The commonality across, the, across all of them is, is that community is at the center of developing how these projects take place, how they're organized, how they engage their, their community folks. It's, there has to be an indigenous aspect to it, one that's rooted in community that folks are in, both invested in, but also, you know, because part of this is, is that there's a wealth of knowledge in, a, in every community across the country that you can name that's dealing with issues of trauma, issues of uh, 
you know, if we talk about trauma and talk about the last two years of COVID, there's a whole bunch of additional trauma that's come out of just the experience of, of inequity that's a, that has been a part of the experience of trying to deal with uh, this pandemic over the last two years. So all of these different pieces, there are people on the ground, every community who are doing the work on a shoestring, who have developed ways to engage their, 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 their folks in healing. Um, and that, that, that healing is a psychological and emotional process, but it's also very substantive, a material process of finding housing, of finding employment and jobs, of, of providing education that provides a foundation for, for careers, and, but, but doesn't you know, uh, inflict harm, which a lot of our, our, our educational systems uh, systems and institutions do. So there's a range of different different ways in which to do that. So I would point folks to prevention.org as a place to go for a whole range of different tools, of different reports, of different uh, analyses that can really provide you with a really deep understanding of how community trauma can be addressed at the local level as well as at the policy level. Mm, perfect. Thank you. So you mentioned mental health. Is there a role for healthcare in stemming the violence and building resilience? And if so, what is it? Well, you know, one of the interesting things about the question of healthcare is, first of all, getting everybody to have access to quality healthcare is the first step in the, in the process. We've heard a lot about trauma-informed care over the last five to 10 years, and that's critical in terms of understanding how that happens. But I think what healthcare needs to do is look at it beyond the individual service model that is really the way in which we think and conceptualize healthcare. That's important. But I mean, when I do work, you know, I'm, I'm at UCSF and I lecture and teach nurses and medical students all the time. And part of what I tell them is it's important for you to become part of the community. Healthcare institutions need to be rooted in communities more directly. They usually function more as corporations or companies versus community assets and community institutions. But they can be community institutions and they need to be. And that's one of the ways in which you address some of these issues. If that's the case, then somebody who's addressing somebody who comes in who's a victim of domestic violence or a victim of, of a gunshot wound knows who to refer folks to. In fact, there's a number of hospital-based trauma programs that function across the country here in, in the Bay Area. We have um, one at Highland and one at uh, San Francisco General Hospital. And they engage folks who come in with injuries from violence and try to do both, uh, several things, wraparound services, provide them with, with counseling, they also try to interrupt the cycle of violence because folks who are victims of violence oftentimes, if they survive, become part of the process of reproduction. They go back out or their partners go back out and they want to get the kid back. And being able to interrupt that piece can happen as a part of how a healthcare organization is organized. So trauma-informed care at the individual level requires being able to understand all of these different parts of it and address some of the tra individual trauma that folks have, but also connect them up to the networks, the uh, resources and community that can have them take advantage of the what elements of community can function as fabrics and foundation of resiliency. 
Dr. Pinder Hughes, how does your work align with health insurance reforms like Medicare for All? Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, Medicare for All would provide a, uh, a source of um, the promotion of health um, that it, it shifts the focus of how healthcare is, is, is provided at a community level. I mean, what, where we all want to go to is healthcare that focuses on promoting health rather than treating illness. It's great if we treat illness and injury when they occur, but what we want to do is prevent. It's not a lucrative direction from the standpoint of a health, the finances of a health corporation, but from the standpoint of a community, from the standpoint of a society, that's the direction we need to go. Single payer and Medicare for all, whatever we call it, moves us in that direction. We just came through a pandemic where the implications of the lack of healthcare or the existence of poor healthcare, healthcare inequalities, was driven home a thousand times. And that in, is one of the, over the last two years, is one of, has been one of the largest sources of trauma, both at an individual and community level that we've had over the last two years. And if we had Medicare for All, that would shift and change the dynamics of how health is understood, how it's practiced, and how communities are able to, to access healthcare as well as health-related uh, resources, both in terms of physical as well as emotional and mental health. Got it. Okay. Good. Was there something that we haven't touched on yet that you wanted to mention? From February through May at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, there will be an exhibition called The Healing Project, which Truth in Advertising is my son. He has done interviews over the last eight, five, five to eight years uh, with folks who are incarcerated or detained or have been subject to the violence about their trauma, but also about how they've healed from trauma. And he's composing music. It's gonna be a four-room installation of visual arts. There were gonna be community organizations that are gonna be brought into the space to do healing circles, to do presentations, to do events around healing from trauma. That's at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. And it's gonna be starting in February. Um, folks should take a look. Amazing. What's his, his name? His name is Samora Hindrihi. Well, it's been such a pleasure um, interviewing you today, Dr. Pinderhughes. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Howard Pinderhughes. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on Nurse Talk Media. You can also subscribe to Code Whack wherever you find your podcast. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.